we don't have that. We don't have that kind of land. So as soon as the lakes freeze up, everybody loses their minds because they can't hunt anymore if they don't have access to a field here and there. Yeah. And that's where moving the season gets hard. I'm Hunter Jordan. I'm Colin Blaylock. And welcome to the Great Lakes Experience. This week's episode is brought to you by DNR Sports Center. From calls to camo to blinds to decoys, DNR has you covered for your waterfowl season. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 31. We're back at it, and this episode hits home for me. It is a waterfowl roundtable with, once again, Mason Vernia and our favorite, Josh Lopez. Josh has been on the show before. Yeah, this is my hey, second time on. Look at you. Season vet. All righty. So, like I said, waterfall round table. We're all waterfallers here. Some of us have been out of it for a little while, a.k.a. Hunter. But, yep. I mean, what's a waterfowl, waterfowler? You always got to get back into it. So, let's dive into it. Anybody guys want to Man, start? I don't know how – What's what are you guys' birds numbers looking like down there, Colin? I know up around this way, it's been pretty slow. Early season hasn't been great. Um, I've been doing a lot of scouting recently, put a lot of miles on. I've bought, man, I've seen maybe two or three different feeds in the last couple weeks, both under 50 birds. Uh, you definitely have less than we do here. They're loading um, up here. Yeah, we have a lot of birds around here right now, which kind of scares me because – after tomorrow, we hit that two-week closure until our regular season. So I really hope they don't, like, get too tied up in a certain field and then eat it out and then disappear before the season opens. But not much we can do about it now. But I would say we probably, we're probably holding 500, maybe north of 500 geese around my area right now. What do you say, Mason? Yeah. Yeah. There's probably three to four different feeds around – where I hunt right now, but those are all locked down. We can't get <laughs> They're locked down and the birds are super, super educated. Yeah. That area gets real educated. Yeah. How's the harvest looking down there? Uh, coming down quick last week. I saw six or seven cornfields come down in two days. Yeah. That's how it was over here too. Last week they started cutting some of the fields I've got around here. Um, all corn they were the first ones to come down but in the next three days i think just about all the corn around my area has been either cut or started to be cut now so yeah which i mean if the birds don't find it until regular season we should be good but some of those fields are definitely going to get hit hard in this two-week closure because you're still in the south zone correct, Josh? yeah yep yeah so i'll be i'm kind of nervous to see how it goes I mean, I'd like to see more ducks show up in the next two weeks. I don't get my hopes up because, I mean, we never really have a great number of mallards around for the opener. We always have good amounts of woodies. Chicken hunting Yeah, no shit. <laughs> you go out there with yeah. a net everywhere in my apartment. We we have a we have a we have another guest joined us. He was a little late to the party. He's old now. He doesn't know how to work Zoom. He got but, married. But he's with us now. Austin George, how are you doing? Hello, I'm good. How are you? We're, we're Can doing, you hear me? 
Yeah, we can hear you good. Loud yep. and clear. We can hear that mustache brushing up against the mic too. <laughs> Out here in the boondocks, we don't get a lot of signal. Is it signal or uh, is it just the shadow from the lighting giving you a mustache? Both. I need what I can get. <laughs> it looks like we got another guest too. I just saw a peek of him. You got to show everybody the new bird dog. What's his name? I'm not sure. Copper. His name is Copper. Hello, Doby. Fox and Hound. Give us the rundown on yeah. it. Looks like a looks like a red lab, red fox lab, uh, male female. Fox red lab. Fox red. He is. You want he is a it. male. He's about twelve weeks old. His favorite activity tonight was peeing in the house. Um, he's ben been Andrew. pretty good lately. <laughs> He likes uh, he likes watching the geese fly over the house, though, so that's kind of exciting. But uh, he doesn't come to calling yet. Got a long ways to go. Well, so <laughs> shooting, so he doesn't have to worry about getting anything. <laughs> oh my goodness! I can't wait to play. Tug is that what life. this is going to be? Yeah, it's no, going to be a roast. Awesome. I got roasted last week, so you're in the hot seat, pal. You got roasted last week. You didn't even know anybody last week. What? You don't even deer hunt. Oh. Or dark hunt. Yeah. We're leaving next week. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. All right, Austin, what are you seeing over by you? How's the birds looking? Not great. I was up in uh, I was up in Baldwin this last week salmon fishing. And any field that was cut had geese in it, but not a lot of ducks flying around yet, which is kind of scary. I mean, it's how it always goes. When the season closes, all the ducks show up. What about your, like your actual home that's not in Baldwin? Not a whole lot over here, except for the couple geese flying over every night. I'm assuming they're going food and back to water. Going right to the factory. It's, <laughs> uh, it's not. I mean, not a lot of people are hunting over here yet because nothing's cut. So that's. I mean, I'm hoping this. I think when I jumped on, I heard you talking about it, but I'm hoping they start cutting. They start At this point, cutting. we kind of hope they don't we start, start cutting for a couple weeks now. Yeah, if they start cutting that like half a week before opener, you get a couple days to find it, and you can lock it down, that'd be golden. I mean, that'd be ideal. But when's when's next season? So, Michigan. Oh my gosh! Three zones. You got the north zone, which is pretty much all of the UP. Uh, that opened up last Saturday for ducks. Yep, for ducks. Oh, I know yeah, my my know. brother. Isn't it different this year? Yeah, so doing it differently. Usually, it's a three week span. It goes north, central, south within three weeks with no gaps in between. This year, the UP opener opened the normal time, which was the last Saturday in September. But there's a week gap, so this week the central opener isn't open where it normally would be so this is a down weekend and then next weekend which is what's saturday october 8th right yeah, october 8th will be the yeah, that's south. middle yep and then ours will be october 15th which is the south opener and i know mason and i are heading up to do some hunting next weekend you guys have any plans to head up to the central opener or? oh yeah I'm going to Tawas. Where are you, where are you guys going? <laughs> None of your business, pal. Very close to Tawas. Oh, my gosh. This is why I don't call you. 
Yeah, we're going up to Tawas. We're going to see if we can't find what we found a couple of years ago. We had a five-man limit in 40 minutes. Public? Public land. A five-man of rail does not count. What was that? It said a five-man of rail does not count. Sure it does. Crows count. No, they were all coots. <laughs> Just a good coot shooting boat. It was a coot shooting bogey. Got them all. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you guys going over there with? Uh, Ethan's uh, grandpa lives up in Tawas. He has a little house he lets us stay at, and we get up and then we sleep on the lake the night before. Get our spot. The a lot of people hunt where we're going. When is this going to be posted? This will be posted tomorrow mm-hmm. morning. Why? Yeah, we're going. I was going to talk more about going up there, but. Are you near the bay? Probably wait. No, no, we're not taking. We're not taking my boat in the bay. We don't have that many viewers. Well, I can't. Okay. Can't give away my juicy spots to Colin. He'll show up there on opening day. No, he won't. No, we're gonna be like a good. I don't get an invite either way, so we'll be forty-five-ish to an hour away from Tawas. So uh, let's dive. What in. direction? Let's let's hear. <laughs> you have an idea of what spread you're gonna run? what your mix is going to be hide let's hear about it well, we're going to run about 20 dozen duck decoys all different variety of species did you say nah, i don't know yeah i was just kidding i, I don't know we're talking about uh we're taking teal because it's a good teal spot it's actually okay we're going to tawas lake it's it's pretty uh it's actually a pretty cool place. It's got the most, I don't remember what it is, the most wild rice on any lake in the in the uh in the state, I believe is what it is. So they like they planted a bunch of wild rice, and every year these ducks stop there on their way through. They come off the bay. So it depends on uh depends on how the weather and everything shapes up. Last time we went, we got there, we went out and scouted. There was couple thousand birds the next morning um there was like five or six gunshots on the lake nobody shot anything but the year before when we went out scouted it was uh it was the opposite there weren't a lot of birds but they all came right through there's a funnel that we found that we we always go sit at so we get in there and they, they all leave the lake and they come right back in down this there's like this creek river kind of thing that runs through there So we'll see. We're probably going to take mallards, some spinners, what they're called. Those are I got. Um, I got twelve of those now. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the weather is. Go from there. Oh yeah. So is the amount of rice there vary each year? Or is it pretty pretty standard every year? I mean, I, I think the only thing that would change it up is the the water level, but it was. I, I don't know. I've been told about the history before. I don't really remember it right now, but yeah, it's like the most water. It's the most wild rice in one single area in the state, if I remember correctly. And that just gets pounded. But I mean, either way you shoot birds or not, it's a fun experience. You get to go over there. I mean, you don't go over there every weekend. So it's like a once in a year trip. So it's always fun. 
Oh yeah, and I think isn't north north of uh, Saginaw Bay isn't that open for middle opener? Yes. Well, I don't. And that cha- didn't that change last year? I thought they just sw- switched that. So it's either all the guys, all the guys that I know that hunt the bay. I don't. I can't remember. To be honest, I don't know exactly where that line goes over there. I don't hunt over there enough to know or really care because I don't hunt over there. But yeah, I'm not sure. Josh, what about you? You got any plans? I'm not hunting middle opener. Um, I'll wait till south opener. But uh, yeah, since we're kind of getting into that, the changes in the waterfowl, that's kind of one thing I wanted to bring up today too because everybody's kind of been lobbying for a later duck season for the last, you know, forever. Um, but you get on some of these Facebook forums. Now we finally get the later opener. Now everyone's complaining about the late opener. Everyone's complaining about the wood duck hunting's not going to be quite as good. You know, all of our, all of our wood ducks are going to be gone. What do you guys think? Well, there's always going to be people complaining. That's, that's the hardest part of that is they didn't really like, give us extra days at the end of the year though they just pushed our start day back so if you want to travel and go to the up you get an extra couple weeks where nobody else is hunting but i mean for us hard-working folks we can't take that kind of time off yeah (laughs) that's i mean the whole season date's a tough debate because it all depends on where you hunt how you hunt and what do you like to hunt I mean, if you strictly like to hunt woodies and you don't care about shooting mallards, like I've I've shot one woody in the last three years, so woody. Well, you should probably practice your shot. Yeah, I had that one coming. I'll give you that one, but <laughs> I think to make everybody happy or the majority happy and be less complaining as a whole, we would have to split up the season. Like some states will do two week early duck where you have two weeks to hunt earlier in the season. So you can shoot your earlier migration birds, like your teal, your wood ducks. If we had more widgeon, stuff like that. And then you have a down period, let some birds flow through, get unpressured for a little while. Then you open up the regular season. You're going to see more mallards, but I mean, it comes back to what the weather like each year is so different. I mean, you just can't really tie down a certain day that it should open every year because the weather's so different. And that's why you get the arguing. I mean, people are going to be super happy that we're opening up on October 15th instead of October 4th or earlier or something like that. It just depends where you hunt and how you hunt it. I agree with, I like that idea of that season, like the splits. You know, you get the couple weeks and then you take a couple weeks off. But I feel like, yeah, without ever, nobody's going to be happy here or there. But at the end of the season, the problem is in Michigan is, and I know a lot of the other states have it too, but at the end of the season, everything freezes. So even if they keep pushing it back farther into December, all the lakes freeze over. And Michigan doesn't have a whole lot of public land outside of lakes and swamps. Like you can go out to what Dakotas and you can go sit in the field anywhere. Isn't Dakota where they have the the law where you can go if it's not posted you can hunt it? Yeah. Yes, they switched that. So it used to be if it wasn't manually posted, like 
on each corner of the field. Now it went to electronic posting. So it's kind of like an app like Onyx. I don't know if you can use Onyx or what app it runs off, but everything is electronically posted now. So you have to check an app to see if that piece is posted or not. Um, if it's not posted, you can hunt it. But obviously don't go out there and tear up farmer's fields, even though you don't, I mean, you don't have to have permission to hunt it if it's not posted, but that's where respect and ethics come in. But if we did something like that on here, I would, it'd be tough because we don't have as many fields as Dakotas. It'd be great. Yeah, that's well, that's what I'm saying. Is, uh, we don't have that. We don't have that kind of land. So as soon as the lakes freeze up, everybody loses their minds because they can't hunt anymore if they don't have access to a field here and there. Yeah. And that's where moving the season gets hard. Yeah. Which I don't think we really have to worry about with everything freezing up because we've had such mild winters. It's, I don't know, it's tough because it depends where you hunt. In the southern opener, what kills us is the UP still gets pretty cold temps and those birds stage up around the bridge because that's the only open water. They don't need to push any further south than they have to and they won't. So they hang out at the bridge and then the lower peninsula usually stays pretty mild. So those birds get pretty stale around the bridge. And then that's why we don't see them until after the season. Cause then the bridge, that Northern lower peninsula starts to get those temperatures to push it down. And by that time we're, whether we have a week left or we are totally done with our season. I do think the the split, the late season, it needs to go to at least a week. I don't care if you put, if you include two weekends in there, but it needs to be longer than two days. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know. It's the best, it's the best time of the year to hunt. You get somebody who, you know, works weekends or, you know, gets his on call, has to work a Saturday, work a Sunday, doesn't get a chance to scout maybe a couple of days before you got to put all your eggs in one basket for that late season hunt. I mean, it, most of you know, unless you're, unless you've got two real good spots that you can hunt Saturday and Sunday, you're pretty much putting all your eggs in one late season hunt during the split. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's tough because it's always placed around the first of January. And for me, that's, I mean, I guess some people would call it an excuse, but that's when I get to see the majority of my family. So it comes down to duck hunting or spending time with family. I get to see once or twice a year. And to me, I mean, family always is going to outweigh stuff. So that's what makes late season tough to sneak away for that time. And then with two days, it seems like the last few years you have Christmas time where it's pretty cold. And then those two days just get super warm besides last year. Last year, we got froze out. It was warm. And then the two days it was open, all of the potholes we could hunt and even the little creeks we could hunt froze over to where we couldn't access them. Or, I mean, we didn't have an ice eater. So if you don't have an ice eater, that makes it another tough spot to get into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, my part of the state usually by... Uh, if not the first of January, that first week, first full week of January, by the end of that, we're locked up. Pretty much everything's locked up other than the rivers. Yep. And the rivers are hard to hunt too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have to have, yeah. What is it? You have to have 
at least one side. It's one side has to be public for you to be able to shoot. I think that or permission. Technically, don't you have permission. to have permission from both sides? That's. I think for rivers, you have to have permission from. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's on both sides now. I don't know. It changes, so I don't hunt rivers. So can yeah, you a, can you hunt an unowned <laughs> island too out there? Yeah. You can, but that's also another touchy subject is, yeah. I mean, Onyx isn't always right. So it's kind of that. That's the thing that scares me about Onyx is I don't think they update it very often. They don't. That's the, but certain areas get updated and others don't. I know. I mean, we sold our piece of property in Luther shit like seven years ago and it still says we own it. Yeah. That's, so, a, that's what weirds you out about it. Yeah. And I guess that might be that area where you have to contact your local conservation officer and be straight up and say, Hey, can I hunt this spot? I mean, it's, you get a direct answer that way. It's not the easiest to get in contact of one of them, but there is a lot of gray areas when it comes to hunting lakes and rivers in Michigan, because technically you're not supposed to hunt a lake unless you have permission from the landowner you're sitting in front of. Unless it's mm-hmm. public property, I never see COs around here to like stop them and ask them a question. Well, that and even, I mean, you don't go out hunting enough. Yeah, goodness, that area down there is the worst for COs. Every time I go hunting, I run into one, and they check my stuff every truck. time. Probably, but I've gotten a fair. I've gotten a few tickets back in my glory days. Like two years ago. For what? Uh, the, nothing too bad. Like the one time I got a ticket for, um, what was it? For having uh, my shotgun loaded still. And we were hiking through a swamp on public land. And it was like five minutes past shooting light. We were we were wading with our guns above our heads. We weren't just dragging them through the water because I didn't I didn't used to do that. And uh, he jumped out of the weeds and he took my he checked our guns and we unloaded them. He's like, "Do you guys know what time it is?" And we're like, "Not really," because we were wading through for a while. It was a disaster. It was a three hundred dollar ticket or something like that. That's rough. That's crazy. I tried using. Tried using the bass team to get out of it too. Man, it didn't work. (laughs) They're out for us now. Yeah. WMU bass team. Get them at all costs. But all right. Enough with the the one thing. Huh? No, because I was gonna say going back to that though, the one thing I am excited about is that goose season that split did move. So that's a week long now. You go from December 31st to January 8th on dark geese in the south zone. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, duck yeah. the 31st and the 1st, but you get you get that full week for geese. So I am pumped about that. I thought the late season used to be two weeks. No, no, there's still the February season. Oh, yeah, got- yeah there's still two seasons. Mm-hmm. So the late goose, they give you a week right there at the two-day split? Yeah, December thirty yep. first, January eighth. Why don't they do that for ducks too? I don't know. I don't know because yeah. that's that's when you're gonna get like. You're good. Well, it was two years ago. We had 
um, what was it? It was like, it was New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, somewhere in there, whenever the split was. No, I think it was the day after Christmas, whatever it was, two years ago. And we had that like 58, 60 degree day and it was dead calm and foggy as all get out because all the snow was melting off. That was by far the greatest day of duck hunting I have ever had. It was insane. Oh, yeah. I mean, cold temps, low water opening. So, I mean, if you have open water that they want to get to, and, I mean, birds are going to act. You can routine them better when you have cold temps because they're going to want to eat, drink, and sleep. Those are the three things. And late season, if you get good, consistent cold temps, it's very easy to pattern those birds. And it makes it super fun. Cause you can get some really good hunts in and you can shoot those. I mean, they're the best birds you can shoot for mounting purposes. I mean, they're gorgeous. It's their full winter colors. They're fat. They're thick. They're downright sexy. <laughs> Dare I say, <laughs> but let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about decoy spreads. What do you guys, uh, what's your guys's go-to Field spreads, number-wise, silos versus full bodies, a mix, A-frames versus layouts. Mm, uh, yeah, that's a real big mix. Just kind of depends on what kind of field we're hunting, what the weather's like. Um, I do prefer early in the year especially to run full bodies, if at all possible, smaller full body spreads. Um, that's what we did for the opener on September 1st this year, that seemed to work out real well. Um, I just think it that worked if, out if, amazing. Yeah. If we're, if you're on the X, if you're in a field that they want to be in that smaller full body spread is pretty much all you need. Um, as you get later in the year, you start seeing bigger flocks of birds. Um, you know, I'll, I do own, you know, probably 15 dozen silhouettes. My buddy's got probably another 12 dozen. So we'll set a big, you know, it's not a big silhouette spread, but, you know, we'll set 25 dozen silhouettes. Um, but if we're going to set silhouettes, a lot of the time, that's all we're going to run is silhouettes um, until late in the season. Last year we put, we put some full bodies in the like runway in the shooting zone, right when they're coming yeah. in, so they have something to look at. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I as, love that. Get, as you get later in the year, you can, I, you know, we'll start mixing full bodies with silhouettes with, you know, I got some socks if it's windy and, you know, we'll kind of mix them together just to add volume to the spread. But um, we want the best looking decoys in the kill hole right where they're going to, you know, go feet down. We want our full bodies there. A lot of times we'll put the socks um, behind that. Uh, out in front where they're not going to have to fly over those to come in. Um, and then silhouettes, it doesn't, I don't know, we'll throw those wherever that doesn't really make a big difference. Yeah, I agree. I mean, early season, I agree with you. I try to run those smaller full body spreads, keep it, keep it simple in those family groups. Don't do too much where you're going to kick yourself in the ass, you know, um, and focus on hide. That's a big thing all year is focusing on that hide. Um, but later in the season, most every time I do a dry field, I'll mix in full bodies with silos just because you can always have that profile 
that bulkier profile of a full body, especially around the kill hole. I like to do little twos and threes where you want them to land, like there's groups landing right there. Because geese like to land where there's going to be food. So they'll land, they'll try to land as close to that food so they can beat the other geese to it. And I mean, trying to, you can't always set up your decoys to be perfect like that because I always base the decoys off of hide. So to me, hide's number one. And depending on whether that's when you really decide on where you want your decoys, but yeah, hide and wind, hide and wind. Yeah. Even though I, okay. So the winds. Go ahead, George. The <laughs> Oh God. The wind. I mean, the wind is the biggest thing for me now that like, no matter what I'm, I, cause I hunt water more than I hunt fields. And I mean, when we started hunting five or six years ago, we would set up wherever we thought, wherever we were happy with, we would set up. I remember hunting, um, I think you were hunting with us, Josh, and we were sitting with our back against the trees and the wind was blowing into our faces. So nothing would land. It's the more you learn, like the longer you hunt, the more you learn, but the wind, the wind for me is like, if, if it's not a good, if we're not facing the right direction, the wind, we're either moving or we're packing up and going home. Cause it's, it's almost a waste of time. Oh yeah. I mean, having a poor wind really kills you, especially if you want to shoot decoying birds. There's a lot of people that'll just shoot past shooting birds, but to get them decoying, you got to have that wind in your favor for sure. And having a little bit of a wind. I hate hunting on no wind days. See, but yeah, I then almost, then they, then I they almost, don't. sorry, I was just going to say, I almost hate hunting on 25, 30 mile an hour wind days more than I hate hunting no wind yeah. days. Okay, I agree because, with that. It won't get up. Well, and not only that, but I hunt fields almost 100% of the time. I hardly ever, you know, water hunt. And in the field, when those geese are flying in that wind, they just hang up and they can look and look and look and look. And they're almost just hovering above your spread trying to get in there. So they're just sitting up over top of you just looking for so long. A lot of the times you can't get them to commit and they're going to flare. They're going to see something they don't like, especially if you're getting big groups. That and once you call that shot, you have that first shot better count because they get their wings in that wind and that 30 yard shot turns into 60 and 70 in that second shot. So that makes it really tough. I would say to me between an eight and 12 mile per hour wind is, I mean, that's the pinnacle. I mean, that's the perfect, perfect wind. It's enough for them to have enough wind where it's easy for them to work in and you don't have to worry about them floating over top with no wind and floating over top with too much wind where they just sit there and don't move. But, I mean, shit. Well, if it's 30 or zero, I'm still going to hunt. <laughs> well, how about uh, we can let Hunter take this one to break, and then we come back, we can talk about how to set a spread with the wind, depending on if there's no wind or whether we have, you know, that 25 to 30-mile-an-hour wind. All Let's right. do it. Beautiful. He did my job for me. We're going to have a quick word from our sponsors and then we'll be right back. All right, we're back. 
As you heard, the meeting is being recorded. Going to the files. So, as we're saying, wind setups. Wind, different decoy spreads, different hides for winds and stuff. A-frame and layouts. It's, yeah. We didn't even touch on that, really. Yeah, let's touch on A-frames versus layouts and how to run both and when you should run one or the other before decoys and we hop more into decoys josh give us a rundown what what do you prefer it was a perfect tie for both situations you run a layout or running an a-frame uh perfect oh man um if it's perfect for both situations i'm running a layout but it's yeah i'm perfect tied any situation I'm, I'm running a layout and it's only because I feel like you can decoy them closer with a layout in perfect conditions. Um, the best conditions I've hunted in a layout uh, was a hunt we had, I think it had been la- late October last year. Uh, it was kind of like a, a low wet spot in a, in a cut cornfield that was never harvested so there was, it was just like all dead, grown up, wispy, really deep, wispy grass. And there was, I think we had six or seven guns and we got those layouts in that deep grass and surrounded the blinds. We, the only opening we left, the only kill hole we left was where our blinds were hiding. So those birds were going feet down on the layouts. I mean, we were killing them at three to five yards usually. I mean, if, if we would have let them land, they'd have landed on the layout blinds. The layout blinds were just covered in blood. The layout blinds were covered in blood. That's awesome. No way. That is a kick-ass experience. That's beautiful. Yeah, and it was, there was, and it could, I mean, it, it couldn't have gotten much better because, I mean, we were, I don't, I'm not sure one bird flew out of that, that day. We had probably five to 700 birds in that field the day before. Um, I talked to the farmer, they were going to start disking it. And I think they, they, he said he was going to start on the other side of the field just cause he wasn't going to, he didn't want to boot him on us. He was actually super nice. I'd never hunted one of his fields before. So he was going to disc the, it had been the South side of the field first, just to stay away from us. Let us hunt the North side the following day. And I think the combine probably booted quite a few of them out cause we didn't see nearly the numbers, but every single group that came in was i mean literally feet down inside of 10 yards and i don't think a single bird left that day we were maybe three birds shy of a seven man that's those are the ones that you that's why you do it it's fun and you'll remember it forever especially i mean you get a big yeah but it man it's hard though like you don't get those hunts not even once a season i mean not not the way that that we do it right i mean i work full time i don't get to hunt more than maybe once a week um i spend as much time as i can scouting so i mean in the last three years that's the only time i've had anything relatively close to to that right there i i've only ever i've only ever had one day like that and it was weird actually the farmer had already pretty much disc the field up so we were laying in dirt there was like no there's no real hide so we just laid in the dirt and use burlap sheets. Just covered up with the burlap. Smoked them. Mm-hmm. It, it, cool. work, it works. But I think the biggest thing was like 
the birds wanted that field. Yeah, when they want it, they want it. Yeah. But, uh, they don't see I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing, too, is, like, you can never depend – you can never count on what their mood's going to be, you know? Well, that's how we got screwed. We found the feed this year already, and they didn't even look at us. They went to the field right over us. Yeah. yeah. They know? just – Sometimes you just get screwed. They which, can communicate. You, can, you could kill birds in a dirt field, no problem, and – if they want it, if that's the X and that's where they are and where they want to be, not a problem, but you can also, you know, you're not going to traffic birds into a dirt field. It doesn't matter how many decoys you put out there. If, if there's like cut corn around your odds are slim of being able to traffic birds into a dirt field. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was like, that was a, uh, we'd seen them land in there and for whatever reason, they just still wanted to, that's where because it, it was it was weird too. The weirdest thing was is it was a alfalfa field that they had tilled under. So I don't know if they were eating. Yeah, that is weird. It was nuts. I I hunted a, a field up in the UP. It was our third year up there, and we felt. I mean, UP is a little different. You're hunting less educated birds. They're coming right mm-hmm. from Canada. You have really good weather earlier in the year, which is a huge benefit. But we got there and we were scouting and we looked at this field and we're like, this is going to be good. There was, for Michigan, it was one of the largest feeds I've ever seen. There was easily a thousand dark geese, a couple snows mixed in, which, I mean, for the dudes that shoot snows a lot, they're like, screw them. Man, my brother and I were jittery like schoolgirls. Man, we were just pumped to see snows. And uh that opening morning at duck, we set up and we were doing a we were doing a mix hunt. We were doing both. And we're like, we gotta hunt on this. It would have been the southwest side of the field. It was a north, no, sorry, it was a south wind. It was a perfect wind for where we set up. It was the X the couple days ago, but I think with that amount of birds, they they ate out where they had been the days before. And I was getting kind of nervous, but I said, let's run it. We knew there's birds right there in that part of the field. So we set up A-frames on this little, it was a ditch line, and it was right behind the barn. I was like, perfect tide, perfect wind, not much to go wrong. Well, first things first, the roofs got busted. And so we had birds coming in when it was still dark out because they got pushed mm-hmm. off their water. And then once it got light and the big flax started coming, I've never seen so many birds land with the wind and they're hugging that North tree line. And luckily it sounds cliche, but we literally had an Eagle spook up those birds. Cause if you ever seen an Eagle fly by waterfall, they trip, they don't like it. I've never seen them. Dude, they scatter. It's, it's nuts. Makes sense. You ever seen, I just saw you guys follow uh, nature is metal on uh-huh. Instagram. I've heard of it. Dude. I watched this video the other day of like this big group of mallards all clumped up, but there was this one Drake just sitting by himself and this Falcon comes by and just smokes it. Really? Yes. <laughs> Flips it right upside down and its legs were just kicking. Oh, wow. It was insane. <laughs> but yeah, that Eagle spooked them up from that North side of the field. And instantly we had some birds lock up their feet down. We shot them at like 10 yards. I mean, picture perfect. We're like, okay, wasn't a bust we shot some birds well 
they went and hit some water and actually not within 15 minutes, they're coming back to the field. They wanted to feed so bad. And we ended up shooting our, we shot our five man of geese and we shot some ducks mixed in and we're like, all right, let's scout it. Well, those birds never left that field. And that night they went right back to that North side of the field. I go, wind's not that great for Sunday morning to hunt that. But I was like, if that's where they want to be, we'll make it work. So we set up A-frames in this, it was a chiseled plowed bean field. No layout, hide. I mean, shitty hide for anything. And we spent like two hours putting fresh cut sorghum on our A-frames. And we set them right in that middle of the um, north side of the beans. And like you said, that those once in a year, once in a couple of year hunt, that was that Sunday morning. It was nuts. The wind was kind of funky, but they were still decoying. It wasn't too much wind to where they didn't want to work, but they were finishing tight. We shot ducks, darks, shot some lessers. It was killer. Oh, what's up, Brendan? How's it going, boys? Can you hear us okay? I can hear you all right. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. All right, give us a rundown of who you are, what you do, and uh, what are you doing right year. now? So I'm Brendan Henderson. I'm basically so right now i'm over at my buddy donnie bailey's house he runs pure michigan outfitters over on the east side of the state i'm helping them run clients this week that's why i joined a little late i was getting the trailer around we got a greasy little uh loaf pond shoot for the morning got about three three to four hundred birds on it Greasy, he says. <laughs> yep. Give us a rundown. How's the week been so far, and what's your plans for the morning? How are you going to tackle it? It's been good. I mean, it's a lot different up here. I mean, east side of the state, different fly line, flight path. Um, we've seen like a total of probably six or seven Michigan snow, snow geese this week, which is, I mean – different i've never seen a michigan snow so yeah that's pretty cool we actually so we hunted we scouted all day tuesday and we were looking at this feed and there's like probably three three to four hundred on it we we're just glassing it with binos and i'm like there's some little white white speck behind all these geese in the back and i'm like oh that's a snow goose and so find the landowner, find the landowner. And my buddy Donnie goes, Oh, I think we can get on that. So called the landowner. He's like, yeah, guys, go ahead. Kill them all. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> twist my arm. Cheers. Cause just, just before that we had got, we got two no's actually on, on two good feeds that had snows in it. And so we we're pretty excited we scouted the field all day and birds actually fed till like two or three in the afternoon really so we weren't expecting them to feed very it was it actually rained for three straight days here i've i've noticed that over here i've never seen birds feed so long in early season throughout the whole day mm-hmm. like they've just been chilling in fields yep and like today it was sunny, so they only fed till like I think ten, maybe. Eh, it's better but, than some days on those sunny days, those clear high skies with all sun. They won't even. I mean, you'll get a few, but it really switches up their feed patterns. 
Did you kill them the last yeah. few days? Yeah, so we, we had five clients on Wednesday. We ended up shooting 15. We were actually competing. So there was another feed that started early Wednesday morning. So we were competing with that feed. But, I mean, 15 birds showed up to the field and 15 died. So <laughs> it's 100% ratio. Clients, clients shot 100%, which was nice. We actually, we actually had that snow goose at about 85 yards hovering over the decoys. What happened? Couldn't finish it? Nope. He wanted nothing to do with it. They, they're, they're weird things. I've, I've had them come in, in the UP. We hunted three showed up one day. It was two, four showed up, two juvies and two adults. We shot two juvies and one adult out of it. And then two hours later, it came back as a single, and it was an adult. Yep. And it worked us like three times at like that eighty-five to hundred yards up. I was like, yep. you know what? Maybe maybe we can get it to spin down. A group of five Canadas came way over. I mean, I bet you there were probably migrators because they were heading south and they were a mile high. That thing dipped out so quick and got in with that little five pack or whatever it was, and he was gone. Yep. I mean, we were, ta- we were all talking before the hunt too. Like if that snow would have showed up with a group of those Canada's, he would have died because those Canada's did it perfect at like 10 yards right in the kill hole. Oh yeah. Did you so, kill him today? We actually didn't hunt today. We scouted cause we got a decent group coming tomorrow morning. So we wanted to make sure we had something lined up for them. How many guys you got going, Mark? I think seven, seven or eight. Seven, and then you and Donnie, or you guys got an extra guide coming? And then me and Donnie, and then one of Donnie's buddies, Isaiah, that works for him. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yep. What's your guys' uh, game plan for the morning for this loaf pond? Well, for loaf ponds, you get to sleep in a little bit. So I don't think we're waking up to like five, five thirty. Clients will get the lodge by six six fifteen, and the birds did not roost there tonight, so we should just be able to go in and set up. But if there's some roosted there, we'll wait till they go out and feed, and then go set up behind them. Nice, you guys running layouts, a frames. Give us we're running, the- we're running three a frames. <clears throat> um, so there's like a big grass hill behind us. We're running, I think, twelve DSD giants and floaters oh yeah those dsds are killer best decoy on the market for realism it, i i didn't think they actually worked till i saw it this week oh yeah it's not they're awesome i love them is that those ones you were showing me at work yeah a couple of weeks back i think they're 439 for a four pack of the giants yeah the giants are yeah 440 for four but if you took out somebody goose hunting for the first time and you landed a 10-pack right in the Giants or any of the Dave Smiths, I guarantee you're getting a shot decoy and things getting pummeled because somebody's going to think it's a Yeah, I actually, I was actually loading those Giants in the trailer this afternoon and you could see like seven or eight BBs just stuck in them. <laughs> Ouch. That's painful. It is. That's $100. <laughs> So, so you, you go mess around with your clients in the lodge or something? What are you doing? No, they actually, these ones are local clients. Um, so they'll just be here in the morning. I think they're only, they're only an hour away. So. Oh, there you go. 
show up in the morning and then it's game on. Oh, yeah. All right, Brandon, give us a little rundown of your plans this uh, late fall, early winter. I heard you're uh, you're dipping out of Michigan for a little bit. Oh, I'll be gone for for a little bit. Yep, I uh, so I leave October twentieth. I'm actually guiding down in Texas this year for uh, level seven outdoors. Me and Donnie are actually going down there, and we're gonna hunt cranes for like the first week, week and a half, and then it's all lessers from there on. Oh yeah, tell us a little bit about how they hunt their lessers down there with uh, the big. The big silos and the big full body spreads laying in the decoys. Let's hear about it. Yeah, them. so we're mainly, so for lessers, we're mainly going to be throwing socks and silos anywhere from like 50 to 100 dozen, depending on the field, how many yeast. <laughs> how long does that take to set up? Four days. <laughs> no. Six to eight business weeks. <laughs> socks and silos are easy. It should like, between me and Donnie, it'll probably take an hour, maybe. Yeah. Cause it's not like you're setting them like super loose. You're setting them like really tight together. So it's actually pretty easy. It's nuts to see the difference between the feeding of a honker and a lesser. You look it's, at a honker feed around here. It's like, they will take up every inch of a small field. They do not like to be close to each other. And you yep. look at a lesser field. It looks like a big black blob in the center of a field. And they, lessers always want to try to like land in front of other geese, like land on top of them or in front of them competing for food. Honkers just kind of do their own thing. It's kind of funny how they're so closely related, but are so different. Oh yeah. It's Brandon. We were talking earlier. um, What do you choose? If you could choose one, are you choosing a layout or an A-frame and why? Oh, A-frame for sure. Okay. Why is a frame. That? Yep. I, I just like, I've actually hunted out of layouts more and they're, they're all right, but an a frame, you just more space easier. To, I think it's easier to shoot out of. I do too. I think oh, your shooting percentage goes up out of a a frame, especially with like bigger guys. Like my dad's no small guy and getting him into those low profile layouts is tough. And I mean, you have a bigger guy and one in a layout blind, I preach, don't be the boogeyman. Just like Sean Stahl said on the podcast, don't be the boogeyman. Don't be white facing them, staring at them the whole time, whether it's an A-frame or layout blind. But if you get a bigger guy tucked down to a layout blind and he can't see where the birds are at and he's got to get up, your shooting percentage goes down because they're a little bit slow to the trigger. (laughs) A-frames eliminate a lot of that. I've never, I've never hunted out of an A-frame. It's a lot comfier. It's comfier. All right, it is imagine. different. I mean, there's a lot of like, I've honestly, I've barely ever hunted out of layout blinds. But if you don't brush in, <laughs> we were, we were, it'll ruin your whole hunt. We were dirt poor growing up. Not dirt poor, but like we couldn't afford like a bunch of layout blinds and stuff. So like when I was talking about laying under the burlap, we always used burlap. Gangsters. If it works, <laughs> why? Why change it? I mean, my big ass can't fit under. Was, <laughs> I got a king size layout. I actually, I mean, we, we found a, we were just poking around on like Craigslist looking for blinds. And uh, my dad bought me one of those gigantic 
like goose decoy blinds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so, like, the goose chairs. The goose chairs. Yeah, the goose chair. Yeah, it had like the little canvas like seat in it, and then you just flip it over. <laughs> those things are. Those are. You still have it? I think so. Have you used I it? it? I bet it's back home. I would. I will buy that from you. I want to do a hunt out of a goose chair so bad, dude. It was so sick because you could just. You didn't have to worry about like hiding it good you just just put a little piece right, of lap over your legs and dude if you sold the, the worst chair, i will smack oh dude, the God. worst part of it, it has worst, to look ridiculous dude it's oh, it's gig it's gigantic <laughs> but like i always because when we first got it well i we thought was, we were taking a break we, we did you got invited back 25 you're, minutes ago. you're breaking you a dinner break you're <laughs> Taking commercials or what? The only the only pain in the ass about that thing is like it's kind of hard to see out of because there's only like six little like oval slots about like four inches wide oh, on yeah. like each like where the wings are. So like it's kind of hard to like see out of it. But outside of that, it was kind of fun. I don't. It was I, sick. I bet I still got it. Next time I go home, I'll bring it back, Josh. You can borrow it. Oh, they would be sweet. I want to get like a few of them and do, we have a bunch of the old, uh, mag shells. They're like, mm-hmm. I could hide underneath them. Oh, yeah. I have unlimited yeah. magnum shells. We have well, that's the thing dozen. that, yeah, that, four dozen. Yeah. that chair that out and did an old school hunt. The, go- so killer. the chair is like bigger than the shells. So like when oh, we yeah. first got it and set it in the yard, I was like, Ain't no way. I was like, this is a damn joke. I was like, this is going to scare every bird in the county. And it's it's funny because they work. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I didn't know for the longest time, but like when they're up in the air, like they can't, they can't differentiate size. No, they can't tell how big it is. They have no no, depth perception. Yeah. By the time they're close enough to tell, it's too late. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What kills me is you look at all these videos on YouTube and not to shit on the people doing it, but there's some of these people that are hunting out of A-frames and they don't even have head cover. I mean, they're literally sticking out and I'm like seven heads poking off the top. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, mine's brushed in. You can't even see sitting in it. They can't see you in it. And they're still educated enough to know. Oh, Hey, yep. check out that A-frame. Yep. But yeah, it's tough. I know. Uh, speaking of like the hard to see though, Brendan, you've probably hunted out of these, but the old, uh, well, not very old, but the GHG power hunters that flip over you with just the mesh. Oh yeah, yep. that's what, we run those all the time. My buddy's got four of them. We we run those power hunters. Uh, a lot. They're sweet. Those are the best ones. I leave with yeah. such a bad headache because, like, you either focus on the mesh and you uh-huh. get lightheaded and dizzy, or you're like really trying to focus on these birds, and it gives me a killer headache. See, those are those are good blinds to run when there's like those days when there's no wind. Um, Cause one, they're super low profile. It's basically like a sleeping bag over top. It's almost like the burlap that Hunter was talking about. Yeah, but also was... when they're, when they're circling a lot and there's no wind, you can actually roll over in those and look behind you and shoot that way. If you had to, we've had to do that. And it's a traditional layout. You can't really do that. No. Yeah. But yeah, that was the pain about the burlap was like, your eyes would like focus up and then the birds would just disappear because you're just looking at a bunch of tiny squares and you're like, Oh, I'm pumped for some water hunting though. 
Yeah. I love dry fields, but when duck season rolls around, I'm ready to get my feet wet again in some water. See, I was thinking about back home. It was like we didn't have – there's not a ton of spots over there. I mean, everybody's like, oh, you got the bay. But, like, I still <laughs> lived I still lived an hour away from the bay. Yeah. And, like, we weren't into it enough to – Drive an hour to go and then in the bay, you can turn into the Titanic out there. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, like, we always, and I mean, shit, we knew just about every farmer in Lapeer County. So, like, it was usually pretty easy until everybody started doing it. And then yeah. now it's now, if you go back home, it's a pain because everybody's hunting. Yeah. But, like, when we first started doing it, it was like we had pretty much pick any field we wanted, and it was kind of easy. <laughs> easy i mean i mean like easy to get a field (laughs) but now it's like i was just talking to my dad the other day and he was like dude he's like everybody's hunting already like i it's like i'm gonna i'm trying to find a spot but we can't find nothing i don't know i looked at brennan's onyx the other day and i about fell over look at michigan (laughs) and there's seventeen thousand waypoints and they're all just one field brennan's onyx will be uh linked in the description below (laughs) Give me the password. I will say, going back to the whole, you know, getting permission thing, it was funny because I was scouting that that same field that we talked about earlier where we had those geese landing basically on top of us. There's like five, 700 birds in there. And I was scouting and I had another guy, you know, pull up next to me. He was watching them too. And uh, this was after I had already gotten permission on that field. Uh, so he rolls up. He goes, goes, man, doesn't that just piss you off? And I go, I go, what? He goes, he goes, man, he goes, all these birds in here and they don't let anybody hunt that. And I went, <laughs> I went, yeah, dude, that blows. <laughs> next week, next week. Over he goes, yeah. He goes, man, they've been, they've had that thing leased out for like the last decade. Nobody gets to hunt that. And I went, yeah, dude, that sucks. Drive by, drive by tomorrow morning. Don't drive by here in the morning. <laughs> birds will be gone tomorrow at twelve in the afternoon. Sorry. So I've had it. I've had it where I've rolled by a feed, and there's like six or seven hundred, and there's already a guy watching it. And what I'll do is I'll roll past it. I'll, I'll already have my Onyx pulled up, and I'll just go right to that landowner's house and ask. I've done it a couple times and got permission before wow, that guy got it. And he got told no. That's greasy. Thanks, Nope. <laughs> Don't even throw over Mark. Brendan's pulling out that same dude's pulling in the driveway and saying, shit. Yeah, that's that's literally what happened. I, I pulled out as he was rolling up. That's and so Brendan, cold. Brendan goes, 350 a gun, buddy. <laughs> yep. Right, in the morning. <laughs> we were uh, we were scouting for opener and we found this little, I mean it looked like a landing strip. It was a hundred yards long and 75 yards wide. I go, I look at my brother. I'm like, dude, they're outside. Let's just stop and ask. We literally turn on the turn signal and we start to pull in. And there's these two kids about my age hopping onto the truck. I go, all right, keep driving. <laughs> yep. Probably Brennan. <laughs> what's the most, what's the most like painful, like, no, you've gotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Like, what's some? That's like the biggest. Like, no, you can't hunt heartbreak you've ever had. I don't know. Brendan got a good well, score from other. I've days. got one for sure. It was last year's split. I spent like, man, I spent. Oh my god. No, yeah, George was on this hunt with me, and I'll tell you exactly how it happened. Because 
I've got a um, little bit east of here, about an hour east of here. I've got fields scattered around that I have permission on. And I found the roost. There's a lake there that they were roosting on pretty heavy. So I waited for them to, to get off. And uh, I got real excited. They took off right toward the area where I had a few fields over there. So I had my fingers crossed and uh, I followed them. And Jesus, they the field right across the street from the field I had permission on, man, just probably 200 ducks, probably about 600 geese. Um, on a beeline low, it was probably a quarter mile from the lake. They were well, probably a little, maybe three quarters of a mile from the lake. And it was a beeline right to that field. Pull up the Onyx. You know, I watched it a while. Found the guy that, uh, that owned it. Uh, I, I had to go. I went to the first house, got his dad who had sold it, found the next owner's house who, actually wasn't the next owner's house. It was like three doors I had to knock on before I got the guy and he goes, nope, sorry, no goose hunting, blah, blah, blah. I went, all right, well, whatever, I'll keep scouting. I said, well, we're gonna try and traffic him then. If he's not gonna allow any goose hunting, we're right across the street, we'll set a big spread because it's all I got. I spent two days and that's all I had. And uh, turns out there was already another group who had permission on that field that day. And we watched them just absolutely obliterate birds all day that just pisses you off because it's like i'd feel better about it if the dude would have just been like oh sorry like i've already got guys here yeah you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. like just like be straight up the worst no i got is heartbreaking to watch the worst no i got was like it was heart oh god do you know your service is bad? Are you laughing at your yeah, Walmart Wi-Fi or what? Nah, I stopped. I was stopping because he started, but then I it was too late. No, continue. Sorry, you're kind of laggy on this side. So, my apologies, Austin. Oh no, I was saying it was a big heartbreak because we sat there and we watched we watched these other guys shoot group after group, and they just like they shoot a cripple. And it would just fly to the other side of the field and they wouldn't even leave their blinds. And then at the end, they were getting in their oh. ATV and collecting them, which oh my Lord. isn't they a good so many I mean, look. cripples that just soared all over the place. And they, we got yeah. one of their cripples. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Came we right down to us. Yeah. That's that tough. was the only bird yeah. we shot. Most sure was. Yeah, that's tough. If they're not even trying to get their cripples. That's no bueno. No. That's one thing that ticks me off because I see that all the time when you're Other, hunting. Guys shoot birds that are. There were so many birds coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but they could have. They, they were worried. They were like, if I get out, if they, they were like, if I get out of the blind, you know, the next birds coming in are going to see me. And then they just had them circle. They had, at one point, they probably had a thousand birds circling their spread, just oh doing God. whatever they wanted. So we hunted. Their setup wasn't very good, though. They should have. They, I mean, they should have limited out. They should have been fifteen minutes, and we should have saw them packing up. It was. Uh, they were like they set up almost in the yard of the person who lives on the field. And they're <laughs> yeah. in a frame, and they're. It was kind of like in the corner of the field, but they had their decoys kind of set, so it was almost like, an, a another ninety degree angle from their like opposite of the corner of the field, and it was a mess, but. I don't know. They killed birds, but man, they could have made it real quick. 
we had one very similar to that where like we had this we found this field and it was like right on the edge of like city limits of like in town north branch like it was right right outside so we were like eh, like we knew the lady who owned it and we like talked to her and she's like yeah go for it go hunt it and we're like eh. because what they're doing is they're coming straight from the um like the water treatment so like they were just roosting there and oh, then yeah. they just it was literally like a 300 yard flight for them so they just pop over to this field She's like, yeah, go for it. So, like, we had the permission, but we we're like, eh, we talked to a couple officers, and they're like, hey, you're pretty close. So, like, we didn't end up hunting it, and then we drove by the next day, and there's dudes just wasting them. Dude, if it's outside of seven limits, get in there. That's we hunted on the city line. I had it. I had to that had the same hunt, the same hunt that uh, we talked about with the feet feet down in the field type deal. I had to get on my um my onyx and like line up with the there was like a property line with a house that was on the edge of the field and i had to make sure that like this part of the spread was in city limits but we were outside of it brennan were you hunting a field last year you shot a, a sailor and it sailed and hit a house or something <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <Listen, laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. It was Mason. It was that field we hunted on opener. Yeah. Um, shot it in there and it sailed over and landed on the lady's roof and tumbled over. And my buddy Cole oh. went and got it later that day. <laughs> Did she post it on like a Facebook group? Yeah, she posted it on the my field. We have the lo- the local <laughs> Facebook page and was like, "Hey, if some those hunters that were hunting across the street, you got a goose in my backyard." <laughs> no way. We gotta we gotta call this one time from the landowner. He's like, "Hey, he's like, you guys gotta change up your spread." I just got a call from the lady who lives on the edge of the field, like. Shots bouncing off her steel roof, <laughs> which like we were like 300 yards away. The BBs just had to be just like falling out of the sky. Like no way it was like doing any. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, it, like, I don't think it could have been us. The wind will drift. No. I mean, you get up there and the wind swirls and it pushes your pellets. I mean, once they start to lose the velocity, shit, they float wherever that wind's going. So 300 yards is a long way though. That's I know. Yeah. That's what I was. We, it was like. I mean, like, you could see the house, like, but it was like, come on, is that really us? Or she just pissed we're shooting away she's at 630 cool. in the morning. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's, she's so it was oh, my buddy. My buddy, uh, back a few years back, he got permission from, uh, I don't know, it wasn't him. They got permission from some older lady who owned a farm to hunt a cornfield. And part of it was still standing corn. And they shot a, a goose that soared and it went into the standing corn and they you know they look for it couldn't find it well like 45 minutes later this old lady comes walking across the field carrying the goose it's alive <laughs> it was walking she goes hey i think uh i think like do you guys want this goose and they're like uh they didn't know what to do so they took the goose he held it waited for it to turn around and then like had to finish it but She's just walking with a collar on it. <laughs> it's got a leash. She got it on a leash. Well, we were hunting. Yeah. We were the hunting old lady had no idea what was going on, just carrying a goose. And 
we had to happen to us, but it wasn't some random lady. Our buddy Jack had to leave early. Jack on, and he took his birds, and he was carrying out three honkers. And I shoot you not, we had it shot for like an hour. Every bird was stone dead. I would have put my life on it that each bird was dead. He's walking out of the field. And he's carrying his white bucket because we're hunting out of A-frames and three geese in his other hand. I shit you not, all of a sudden you see a fucking bird fly out of his hand <laughs> and it flies off. Just <laughs> he back, throws up his hands, and we're just we're all dying laughing. That bird flew off like nothing happened. He's got it was gone. He stunned him. <laughs> he's got soft hands. Shooting concussion shot. Yeah, I've got all the story when you I've got, got some pretty. Pretty crazy stories, but one of them that was pretty funny. Actually, I got two, but first one was we were up. I was hunting up with my buddy, Seth Vanderban, and we were, we had like, it was the second day opener last year. And so we had like nine buddies and we set two A-frames in this, uh, turned on our cornfield. So we had to walk like 350 yards in with carrying A-frames over our backs and everything. And we got out there, and I think the first goose hit the field at, like, 7 o'clock. And we just kept shooting, kept shooting, kept shooting. And then we all got, like, Facebook notifications. Well, the town there, they have, like, a like a group chat or, like, a thing, and they were just going crazy. Like, is there fireworks going off in the town? What's going on? Well, <laughs> we're hunting just outside the city, and... They thought our gunshots were fireworks at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we're bottle rockets. <laughs> Is that the one where he posted a comment under the post of like thirty dead birds? Yeah, like a stack. Yeah, and then and then the people were freaking out, and Seth just takes it. He he got a video of us shooting into a three pack, and he goes, "Yep, these are good fireworks." <laughs> <laughs> All right, real quick before your your next story, um, I've got a. I can't believe we've already been talking for 40 minutes again. I'm going to end this. You guys just join right back um, to all the listeners. I'm not going to put two ads in this. That's too painful for you. So <laughs> this will just carry right on. Let me admit, Brennan. I don't think for part three, I don't think, I don't think Austin's showing up again. If he does, then we'll let him in. But if not, we'll be all right. All right. So, so back to the story. This let's hear the second story. Yeah, so Jason's over here shouting, spouting off about you got shot at or something. Yeah, actually, we did. So it was just me and very, very and calmly. Very, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me and two buddies were hunting this. It was just, it was a small, smaller cornfield. And it was like we hunted it in the evenings. So we only had like a couple hours. And, you know, birds do their typical early season thing where they fly in the last 15 minutes of shooting light. Yep. So we landed. I think we landed a 50 rack at like, I think it was like 30 yards and we only had three guns. I think we shot like six out of it and yeah, we shot six in a band and that was the only, that was the only thing we shot that night. And (laughs) we stood up to get out of our blinds and this lady across the street screaming at us and we're just keep minding our own business. And we're walking up to get the trucks, and I hear like a twenty-two shot. Oh, I hear it twice, and then I like feel it like whiz by my head, and I'm like, "Oh, she just shot at me!" 
Like I could hear it. And she's sitting there screaming at us. And so we pick up the decoys, go out and my buddy's got the trailer and he stops and he's yelling at her pretty good. <laughs> and he goes, I'm, I'm behind. I'm I'm behind I'm behind him so and then he pulls off and I pull up and I'm like just kind of like what are you doing why are you shooting at us she's like you're not supposed to be out here and I'm like uh yeah yeah we are <laughs> it's, it's, I promise it's okay wasn't it the farmer sisters or something that's the weird thing yeah it's like the farmer is cool he doesn't care but I think it's like her his sister is Anne or something I don't know but they're related. Oh, she's got 1% and stake for sure. Ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> He's got new kids. Yeah, she ended up. That was that was actually two years ago, and then she did it again last year, opener. No way. She shot at you again? She, she didn't shoot at us, but she actually called the sheriff on us. I was going to say, she's a worse shot than George. You guys are still here. <laughs> <laughs> what did the sheriff do? Yeah, what did the cops do? He's he just kind of was like, well, you guys just need to get out of here for now. And I'm not really sure what happened after See, that. See, that's so bullshit. She oh, yeah, that you should have called the DNR because the DNR would have probably given her a ticket for hunter harassment. Attempted yeah. murder? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. shooting at somebody. Hey, hey. Yeah. Chief, let me tell you a story about last year. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the sheriff was kind of a dick but see that's yeah. so lame see we had a we had a little encounter what was it three years ago and it was funny because this first time i ever met brendan's cousin was at the gas station the night before and uh oh. we did the old uh we're both wearing camo we kind of looked at each other for a second i go you guys going hunting he goes yeah i go nice he goes where are you going i'm like I'm going to be a dick. I go, we're going south. He goes, nice. So are we. I go, shit. There's <laughs> only one field cut. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's how it was. And I go, I was sitting in Speedway talking to him. And I text my brother. I said, fuck the gas. We got to get down there. And granted, my truck was already on E. <laughs> <laughs> I have a 1500 on E pulling a 21-foot trailer. I'm like, this might bite us in the ass, but I'm like, we got to get down there. So I don't even buy what I had in my hand. I put it down and we leave. <laughs> well, we were racing down to this field. Wait, this is before, before you knew him? I didn't know Brennan at this time. I met his cousin. And oh, 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 his cousin. And, uh, yeah. And I'm like, this is not going to be good. So we raced down to the field because there were six other people scouting it. <laughs> so we're sleeping out there the night before we get there. Nobody's there. I'm like, shit. All right, this let's, is awkward. Let's get this on. <laughs> so we take everything out there the night before, and we sleep in the field. No decoy set, but we have it all in the trailer and stuff, and we're there. And uh, we're like trying to figure out where we want to set up with the flashlights, and all of a sudden this suburban drives by and shines a big ass spotlight on us. I'm like, uh oh. So we walk up there. And we're hunting St. Joe County. And he goes, oh, what are you guys doing out here? Everybody okay? Nobody's lost or anything? We're like, no, we're just hunting. Well, it was the sheriff. He goes, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm just the sheriff here. I just want to make sure everybody was okay and there wasn't somebody missing. I go, nope, we're just hunting in the morning. He goes, oh, hell yeah, the birds have been here every morning. You boys go kill them. I'm like, hell yeah, this dude's cool. So we get set up and we're, we're, we sleep in our A-frame. I mean, in our layup lines. Make love in the layup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all sleeping. It's like 2.30, 3 a.m. And all of a sudden you hear breaks just lock up i'm like shit (laughs) and you look up and there's the alley lights on the cops there's three cop cars shining our trailer in our truck i go oh this isn't good and they start screaming like come up here like no you come out here (laughs) so we walk up there (laughs) the cops go what are you guys doing out here? And I go, oh, it's opening day in like Fishing. four hours. <laughs> in four hours. <laughs> I was like shooting hours like 640 something or whatever it was. They're like in September hunting season. I go, yeah, it's early goose, September 1st. I go, hmm, what do you, so why are you guys out here already? I go, oh, we're just sleeping here because other people have permission too. I'm like, clearly we're hunting. We have a trailer full of decoys, an ATV, a bunch of decoys, guns weren't out anything i'm like this is pretty clear what we're doing here they thought we were stealing uh copper or whatever you can steal off uh the pivots we're like no. <laughs> like <laughs> we're not doing anything wrong we're simply hunting and i go i was like no screw it i said the sheriff already stopped us and uh they go so the sheriff stopped you and i go yeah he radios in and like 30 seconds later mood changes oh Boys have fun this morning. This morning, be safe. And they leave. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I'm like, get out of here, dummy. <laughs> it was crazy. They thought you was so the gas station. We never had. I've never had any yeah, run-ins like that or anything. Was Not with the law in the field. No, they hunted the other field right down the road that I said we shouldn't hunt because it was too small. And I was like, I don't know. There hadn't been many birds in it. Well, we shot like ten. His cousin shot like a seven man. So, <laughs> get wrecked. Nah, yeah, I've never had anything. I did see an accident one time. It was like five thirty in the morning. We just got everything set up. We're standing outside the layout lines. We're just like bullshitting, just bullshitting. <laughs> so and then, so like we're all staring like away from the road, just like talking or whatever. And then we just hear these brakes just lock up, and then just boof. So we turn around and there's these two cars just smashed together. And then like we just hear we just start hearing this lady just screaming her full head off. And we're just like standing there, like, yo, what is going on out there? It's like it was like the sun was like just starting to come up. They're on the road. Like, keep it down, you're gonna scare the bird. <laughs> but it was like so then, like, after they start, they stop yelling, you, like, hear somebody get in a car, car door slams, and the tires just squeal, and they both left. Like, <laughs> like there couldn't have been any exchange of information. Like, <laughs> I've had a coyote run up on us twice while on the field. A coyote? Within shooting distance, too. We fucking unloaded on it, too. Kill it? No. Jogged off. I was like, we just shot until our clips were empty right there. Clips. We were setting a spread last year, and we actually had a coyote walking in our spread while we're setting it up, just walking around. <laughs> Take a decoy? He's just checking it out. 
Yeah, like, it was just, like, it was on the edge of the spread, like, walking and, like, looking at all the decoys. And I'm, like, right next to this thing, just, like, with my flashlight shining it. It's, like, looking at the, like, one of my wind socks and, like, sniffing it. And then I was, like, get out of here. And it ran off. I like, kicked some, like, ca- like oh. I kicked some dirt at it. Like, get out of here. And it. He said, he said, oh, he said the nuggets, the nuggets showed up early. We were, we were stuffing some cattails and we were sitting here just calling at ducks, you know. And all of a sudden, we hear something like run behind us, and we're like, "Ah, it's probably deer." We just spooked them up, you know. No, we we're like, we had this little like five by five area pushed down the cattails, and we're just hunkered down. All of a sudden, this coyote comes around the corner of the cattails, pokes his head in, first instinct, bow, 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 <laughs> buddy, bow, but we're chasing it through the cattails. Not one drop of blood. I don't know. They got Kevlar. Actually, I had a dog walk up to me while I was setting the spread before too. Or no, I know I was done setting the spread. I was walking across the field in early November and I could just see it was like just, I mean, just getting light enough where you could see shadows and I could see the shadow moving toward me. And I thought it was one of the guys coming back to the truck for something or whatnot. Or Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got like, I was probably, I don't know, 10 feet from this thing. And I turned my headlight on and as I was walking out and I look up and it's just like this little, I don't know, five, six point buck, like staring me right in the eyes, just like trying to figure out what I was walking across there. You thought you were that sweet piece of ass he was chasing. <laughs> You're still rotten, guys. <laughs> what a, Brendan, was it Seth that got rear-ended when you guys were scouting? Yep. I was actually in the passenger seat. How the hell did that happen? It was actually after a hunt, so we just it, this was like probably I don't know I I've known Seth for like maybe a month, and we <laughs> it's always we went we went we were running traffic in this big green field, so we had like thirty dozen dive bombs, and we set every decoy, and I mean we filled we filled this truck bed full with decoys, chairs, layouts, and guns. And yeah, we so we ended up. I think we shot a five man that day. So we had twenty five birds, and threw them in the back of this truck. And on the way back, we saw these geese in this field. So we kind of we it was a it's a busy road. I mean, but we stopped to like make a turn into this driveway, and then I look in the rearview mirror, and there's a car like inches away from the truck. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and Seth just like hits, like floors the gas, and that's what saved a lot of it. But truck's truck was totaled. His truck, he, yeah, his truck was totaled. There was dead geese laying all over the road. <laughs> 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 but I mean, all the decoys and all the blinds were fine. Nothing was broke, so that, that was good. You need to get him on the podcast. I bet you he's got some yeah. stories. He's got a lot of stories. He's he's a good dude. He actually he actually just left for North Dakota a couple of days ago, so he's out there right now. Well, good. Our goose population is going to go up a few then. <laughs> <laughs> you got you guys should have started freaking out and crying and told that other car that all those geese were alive before the accident. We're <laughs> <laughs> our pets. <laughs> I'm trying to start my fun. pet. I'm the next Jack Miner. What are you doing? You killed them all. <laughs> hey, this weekend we just gotta take a bow to uh 
downtown Comstock. That's where, yeah. all, that's where all the geese live. Out of season, a little park hunting. <laughs> Sounds like fun. That point, but yeah, me and Wonder Bread. <laughs> me and Seth went just went on a band hunt the other day. We he found this feed, and we so there's like he said there's like three three fifty in it, and we just set two layouts cornfield freshly cut cornfield he's like yeah we'll just band hunt it and i kid you not we landed every one of those geese feet down and checked them for bands not a single band so we're like okay we should probably just start shooting <laughs> we ended up shooting up two man but <laughs> yeah no bands okay we can start shooting whatever joe hines them yeah all band of geese live at selfridge boat launch in st Clair. Dude, they, they are attracted to boat launches, golf courses, and public parks. Those banded ones. Well, that's where they're easy. I guess. golf courses, I promise you that. Because I've got permission on a course, and we ain't never seen a band out there. That's where they, uh, that's where they band a lot of them is, like, those boat launches. Because those are easy to get there. Like, uh, I was fishing with uh, John Lee two weeks ago, and he was, t- he was talking to me. He's like, yeah, he's like, I was running back up to the boat launch. He's like, and these girls from DNR were there. They were trapping ducks and banding them. Whoa. Hell yeah. At, no, that was like at Comstock, and he rolls up, and he goes, hey, uh, you know, uh, these ducks live here, right? They don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl, the, the girl goes, look, man, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> Can I tell you where to plan the next time? <laughs> yeah. You're no, actually, actually, I think I've actually, I think I've got a sweet episode for that because Jenna's – Uncle, that's what he does. Really he's sweet. He's got sweet pictures of all sorts of ducks on his Instagram page. Are they still doing collars in no. Michigan? No. No. We talked about not that in Michigan. We talked about that with Sean. They're not doing them? There's no. very few collars that are still actually being banded. That's There's tarsal say. bands that look like – so a tarsal <laughs> band is still a leg band, but it's a plastic band that looks like I a neck band. Don't I know. Sick. I know two guys in Michigan that shot two tarsals last week. I think what? a black and a black and a Where yellow at? one. Where at up north? No, I was over on the east side here somewhere. I'm not sure where. There's one dude in Tennessee or Kentucky. I forget his name. Dude shoots freaking neck collars like every week. Nathan Mills. Yes, that is who it is. Yeah, that dude's insane. I actually. Have you shot the Jack Miner all the way in Tennessee? Yeah, they've shot a jack of I've People shoot jack miners over here on the east side of the state, too. I mean, a couple of them have died this year, I think. I don't know what that is. There's a jack miner shot around here last year. Brandon, tell Hunter what it is. I don't know what a jack miner is. It's a. So. Colin, you go ahead. There's a guy in Canada. He was. Was he a pastor, a preacher, a priest, or something? He was a jack miner. Yep, something like that. <laughs> yeah, he was very religious and he has bands and each band has a bible verse on it and it's i mean sick. if you oh, think of bands like you hard. talk to somebody that's right hardcore waterfowling and they go jack Miner. it's a longer band so like like wider yeah it's taller. wider yeah it's taller, taller. so it's it's, it's more length on their leg they're sweet i mean that's sick they only release a few every year right yep i think it's like uh, a thousand maybe. Where at where at on know. the east where at on the east side are you at? Or is it undisclosed? I think you can long you can look up the town. Is it on Erie or is it on St. Clair? No, I'm asking where Brandon's at. Oh. Well, where I'm at right now. Yeah. If you I'm over 
I'm just I'm over by Port Huron in that general area. Back by the homestead. St. <laughs> Clair is so close. I should have brought the boat. Dude, bring the boat next weekend. Stop Hubbard's being a bass whacker. It's duck season. Oh, I know. Mud. Hub? No, it ain't. No, from where we're going next weekend. Yeah. Oh. One thing I do want to go do, like a waterfall bucket list for me. One is Alaska. Yeah. But New York or something and go shoot Brant on the East Coast. That'd be cool. There are so many damn tarsal bands over there. It's not even funny. It's ridiculous. Back back on the Jack Miners real quick. I actually, one of my buddies that lives probably like 15 minutes from me shot a Jack Miner duck band like two years ago. Really? Really? Around That us? thing was, yeah. Damn. Not going to lie, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> you I thought you were just a goose dude. Well, there's a kid in school crap. Cool. Uh, yeah, my hometown. That uh, he shot a reward band mallard last year. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a couple. One of my but another one. It's like his first band. He goes, "It's my first band. It's reward yeah. band." It's like, <laughs> that's one of those. That's one of those things. Where it's like that's like one of those things. Where it's like, why does this one have two? Yeah. Break your own Does he get to keep both? Yeah. And you get a check for seventy-five bucks. Damn. Hard. Brad, my buddy shot one last year that was a hundred dollar reward. Oh hell! Did you say woulda? No, I said it was a hundred dollar reward. Oh, Brennan, I was with you when you got your first band, didn't you? What? Yeah, that was that that. Yep, that was that hunt. Yeah, that was my first yeah. band. Yep. Dude, that that year was nuts for bands for me. We shot. That was crazy. That was insane. Yeah. That we shot three that morning, and then I mean. We just kept shooting bands all year. I think we ended with like 28. Yeah. I shot, because I remember that was the first hunt I was on when I got back from the UP. We shot three mm-hmm. bands in the UP. And then my next hunt, I went out with you and your cousin. Chase. Yeah, because it was that morning we were awkward, awkwardly staring at each other at the Shell gas station. Yeah. Brennan and I were about to get in a fight in the Shell. We gave each other the dirtiest stares ever. And I turned my two buddies in the truck. I go, who, who the it? fuck's this kid? Yeah, and then and, and then I literally told my cousin, I'm like, there's these three kids at the gas station with like a 22 foot enclosed trailer. There's three of them, and they were like staring me down in the Shell gas station. <laughs> and, yeah, mean mugging. <laughs> and we pull up to the gas station, and Ryan goes, "Yep, there they are." I'm like, "Huh?" <laughs> yeah, because I saw down. you sitting in the back seat, and I go, "Oh shit, this kid's with us." All right, <laughs> maybe he's cool. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, here we are. <clears throat> yeah. I still hate them to this day. All right. Speed round. What's speed round? Bandit or Sitka? Colin? This is a tough one. Here he goes. Plug Gator Waiters. Most affordable, best waiters on the market, Gator Waiters. Do I still wear Sitka? Yes. I'm telling. Sheen or Shen, however you want to say Sheeny. it. Sheeny waiters. Is yeah, it Sheeny? How are you? How do you pronounce it? I've always heard Shen and Sheen. I think it's Sheeny waiters. I think. Top three brands right now: Sika, Sheen, Gator waiters. Yep. Josh. Yeah, those are the top three right after Bandon. Huh. He's got the. He's repping. He's he is repping on. He got the shirt on too, don't he? Yes, sir. Look at him. Mason, look at him. 
What, best waders? Best waterfall clothing brand. Real I tree. I say cutting gator waders. I have to. I don't have any banded. And I just hear horror stories from it, but I know all my friends wear it. <laughs> I will tell you, Bandit's got the best, the best hunting pant that's ever been made on the market was their FG1 series they did last year. The Dakota Grinder Pants by Sika. I don't want to sound like I'm sucking Sika's dick, but they are money. I haven't had the Bandit one, so I can't tell you if, like my personal opinion on it. I'll take your word for it. Sounds like you're sucking their dick. <laughs> <laughs> Old boy from Gator Raiders is going to hear this, and you're going to get shit canned. What have I said bad about Gator Waiters? You're just out here repping non Gator Waiters. Damn, you wear the bucket best. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. Speed, round. <laughs> Speed round number He's two. Not wrong. Best beginner goose call. Best beginner. Wow. The one that looks like a bong. <laughs> the flute? Yeah. That's hard. <laughs> um, I think. Um, I got an answer. You're a giant caller. All right, you go first. Buck, Buck uh, Gardner. All right, Brandon I think starts off. It's the Molt gear. It's like the go-to or the their cheapest one. It's like $34.99. It's like the, their Delrin, their, the go-to, I think it's called. The go-to Delrin. That's a good, that's, yeah, that's a solid call. Yep. I don't know, man. I think GK's ones that are like 65 bucks are sweet. I'm gonna, I can't say one. I'll say top five. But tied for number one that I've actually personally blown is the GK solution solution. Well, number one was Sitka, so this is number two. No, this is called you personally blown. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is Colin's last episode. <laughs> <laughs> two episodes in a row, he just gets put in the dumps. Okay. Okay, back to the calls <laughs> that I have personally blown just for you. Uh, number one and tie for number one is the GK solution molded. It's affordable and it, it rips. And then I, I hear you, I hear you laughing over there, Brendan. I agree with Brendan, the, the Molt gear go-to in Delrin rips. And then. Oh, my buddy down at, well, we 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 just had fish at tournament at Lake Erie. He had a Molt gear call. It was, it was sweet. Oh yeah. Molt gears are sweet. The I was blown in at some gas station right in town. Everybody's probably looking at me. <laughs> like, the hell? Take them. The, e- <laughs> Cut the EX3 by Molt Gear is another good one. I haven't yep. blown too many grounds, but everybody I've heard, I mean, grounds is a great call from beginner to, I mean. I'm really, I'm really liking Pacific calls. I've been blowing them for the past. Do you guys ever use JT? No. I, no. See, I see them on Instagram all the time, and I don't know if they're just like pumping money into their ads or what, but. They do a lot of Instagram ads. I mean, the dude, if you're seeing them on Instagram all the time, yes, they're pumping a lot of money into their Instagram. Yeah, they're paying money. Yeah. All right, how about guns? She. Is anybody jumping on that 20 gauge kick when I'm here? Hell yeah. I want to, but I'm broke. Remington 870. <laughs> no, most reliable gun. Remington 870. I remember the oh, the old ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Exposed. Hiding under the hiding under the burr life with the Remington 870. That was me. That was gangster. What'd you 14 say? 14 year old Hunter Jordan. 
I was gonna say, yeah, the eight seventies were great before they started being like mass manufactured mm, junk. Yeah. Yep. That one I got back home. I have one. I still have an old like an old one that's in good shape. Yeah. That's that I love. But I actually am shooting a Stilgram thirty five hundred right now, which I will say for the price is probably one of the best semi autos out there. Damn right. Yeah, I sent. I sent. So we got two Stoger votes here, Brendan. Let's hear yours. Stogers he, are he good. He just bought a Stoger. I mean, so yeah, I did. So my very first semi-auto shotgun I bought was a Stogram 3500, and fire. I'll be honest, I haven't had any problems with it, like zero problems. I just realized they're sick. with shells. Yeah. And then I, then I bought recently bought a Franke, the Affinity Elite Three, and I. Hard. And I love that gun too, but Frankies are sick. And then since I'm going to be hunting snow geese this year for like two months, I just recently bought a, the Stoger M3500 snow goose edition. I sold that to him. I did. Extendo. I did the paperwork. I did the paperwork. I got to hold it. Well, then somebody else. <laughs> you, you did the super black eagle <laughs> paperwork. No, I just sold somebody one of those snow goose guns. All right, they extend, no, they're pretty. I will say, you cannot shoot the 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 Stoger chokes that come with the gun, though. Like, I did that for about a hunt, maybe two. When I switched that Jeb six ninety, mm-hmm. that thing is bad to the bone. Yep, I put a I put a kicks extra full in mine, and I love it. it Man, that Jeb six ninety is legit. I go straight stock, and I shot the best out of our whole group this year in trap. <laughs> My, I was bruised up after because I was only one shoot with 12. Years. That's because you don't shoot with us. Huh? You shoot with Colin. That's because you shoot with Colin. I pull up. I shoot my three. Damn, he's I'm getting roasted. I, is jealous. He's when, I just sent this pick to Colin earlier in the week. That's that's me back in the day. That's after laying under the burlap. <laughs> nice. Hiller. I had that. That's me in the middle. Is that truck leaking oil? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you leave the old GMC alone. But I'm going to break the trend. Stogers, I know a lot of people that love them. The only one I've ever shot was my buddies, and it jammed the one time I shot it. So I've hated them ever since. They are a great gun. I, I tell won't you what, deny that. The only gun you have to clean them. Shoot is a Super X, though. Contrary to popular belief, you do have to clean them. SX4. I shoot it. SX4 is a bad gun. If you're looking for under a grand, SX4, if you can find a Franke for under a grand, buy it. It's SX4, Franke, and Stoger. SX4 is going to shoot something on the market. Yeah. I'll, there was one a couple Stoger years back. She's used to it, though. If you don't clean it, she's like, ah, might as well run dirty. <laughs> another, another good, really good gun are those Brownings. Those are solid. The Max is an A5 or oh. oh, No, I would take there's multiple guns I would take over Stoger M3500, but for 100%. the price, if you're just getting into waterfowling and want a semi auto, the M3500 is I don't know if it can be beat at that price point. I've got this old ass Remington um, 1187 back home. It's like the original like A5, like before Remington sold the patent. It's in a 20 gauge. It's so oh. old. And I <laughs> I kick myself in the ass every time I think about it, but I 
I rattle canned it. Camel. Oh <laughs> everybody, everybody clowns me for it. But I was like 12. I didn't know what I had. You're going up the slum. Dude. <laughs> we couldn't afford it. We couldn't have saw the barrel. No. No. Okay. Uh, since we're talking about guns, speed round of favorite shotgun ammunition. Brand Winchester Super X. It's like shoot two by four of that. <laughs> they drop every time. Sponsor. Oh my god! <laughs> I use I use Federal Premium T shot, three and a half inch. Beanbag. Twenty gauge. So it's shooting like three BBs at him. Hunter <laughs> shooting triple up, Bach. Brendan, what do you think? I've got, I got two that I really only shoot anymore. Um, Federal Black Cloud. Black Cloud. And I'm really liking that Apex ammo. I really like that a lot. Josh? Browning Wicked Blend. Great. They're all great. I mean, at the end of the day, they'll kill. Yeah. That steel, I don't know, that steel bismuth, I mean, you have two different shot sizes, which I really like. And with that Jeb 690, it does shoot that smaller shot at a little bit wider pattern. So having both the double B and the one shot in for geese, I've done extremely well, both inside of 20 yards and outside of 40. So <laughs> yeah, that Browning's legit. Hey, Migra is my favorite steel load. I haven't shot Apex yet. I thought, I you, like, I thought you like Boss. What you shooting? Lead? That's why I said steel, cuz. When you saw um, shooting lead. If I'm shooting steel, it's going to be Migra or Federal Speed Jack, which I call Federal Blue Box. And if I shoot Bismuth, it's Boss. Bismuth. Okay, so now speed round number two, best, best value waterfowl load so i got this i got this stuff i got this stuff in the safe back home it's at the not like home like in my apartment it's uh it's called spectra Mm -hmm. the color color color, the painted bbs Mm -hmm. i don't like supposedly it patterns pretty good did you i used to watch videos you could actually see it flying through the air yeah i've never seen it before hey the bbs are like painted different color you could buy like i think it was like orange they got like yellow blue, and like yellow yeah, blue yeah. green yeah red he's shooting the rainbow but shot. best so that way like steel clean the bird no discussion i shot that bird <laughs> <laughs> that's true that that is that is <laughs> the advantage of that shot best budget load for me the two i would say is federal speed shock and my girl federal speed shocks honestly for the price it's pretty hard to beat oh yeah what is it? 13 bucks a box? No. If that. Not anymore. It's like $20 a box. Now, yeah, it's yeah. Like Super but I mean, you're looking at prices that have gone up 200% in the last three years. Yeah. yeah. Twice yeah. And back, back before the inflation happened, uh, I would say, yeah, Migra and then Kent Fast Steel was another one I shot a lot, which I didn't have any problems with. I like fast deals. That's I good. A lot of mixed stuff, though. Yep. Mm-hmm. Creating a petition to bring back lead with all these crazy prices. <laughs> okay, we talked about clothing. <clears throat> On Facebook, you're going to see, do you have a moment to help Mason Vernia? <laughs> Sign this petition now. Lead shot. <laughs> <laughs> but we talked about clothing as a general. Yeah. Favorite waiter you've ever owned? 
Dude, I don't know. I feel like all those neoprene ones are made in the same factory. Yeah, they are. I, I have talked to multiple reps that say most of your neoprene waders are built in the same mm-hmm. shop. That's why you hear about all these horror stories. And one company gets a bad batch this year, and then the next year it's a totally different company that has a bad batch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like fishing line. All fishing lines made in the same factories. They right. stick a different label on it. Yeah. I gamble. Shut up. But right favorite wader. That I've wore for breathable, because I won't wear neoprene anymore, are the Gator Waders. They are comfy for the price. I haven't wore Banded. I know you guys wear Banded. You guys like them. But I think as long as you're wearing breathables, you'll like them 100% better than neoprenes. I'm wearing the Redding, too, this year. And I still own a pair of neoprene frog togs that I really like. I mean, I I, that was one of the first pair of waterfall waders I had. I still have them and I put them through hell and back. So, I mean, for, you know, again, value or budget waiter, the frog tog neoprene is done. Yeah. Great. I've heard good things about those. I got a few buddies that were, they're a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I said it was, yeah. And I still have them and I is put them through hell and back. Patch it up. The thing that kills me though, is just the weight of neoprene waders. Yeah, they keep you warm, though. Yeah, I mean, but I stay just as warm in my breathable, insulated gator waiter ones. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I get, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to get breathables, though, I mean, that's how, I mean, the bandage, you're paying 350 or more, depending on what you're getting. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at it. But, no, I agree. If you can afford it, the, the breathables are definitely the way to go. Still don't have to pay the twelve hundred for sick or shit. That's ridiculous. Oh, he's mad. Brendan, what's your favorite waiter? Brendan, he's now he's getting Well, that's a hard question because I don't even own a pair of waiters right now. And I've only worn one brand and that was the banded ones. But what's your thoughts? They're all right. Um, I think honestly, my next pair is going to be those Gator Waiters. But dude, you won't be dis- disappointed. I love mine. And my buddy, we had Jimmy, Jimmy on the podcast. They actually did a hunt giveaway with him. But he wore his, and he hunts five times a week, and his never ripped, and he loved them. Colin looks like an oaf in his. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I That's when you wear, you wear 15s, it's, you're going to look like a, the Michelin. Okay, that, that is one of my biggest pet peeves with all waiter companies is I'm five foot nine, 165 pounds. It doesn't matter what size boot you get. That, that waiter is made for somebody who's six, six and 275. <laughs> exactly. <Yep. laughs> I mean, I can literally, I could, Pull those things up over my head, curl up in there, and use it like a heater bodysuit. <laughs> See, the nice thing about me is if I ever take shack hunting, he'll fit in my waders. With you. I want to complain. I mean, I would feel tiny as hell. I ain't letting him in with me, but <laughs> he can get in there, I guess. <laughs> that's my biggest complaint is that there's I don't think there's enough sizes of waiter because that's a lot of extra weight you're carrying around too. That's unnecessary when they're that oh. baggy and that. Honestly, you know. that's why like I've I've been thinking about using just my like 
my fishing waders is here because those are like part because those have sizes like those have like larges like medium large extra large and then they'll have shorts or talls or longs or whatever so i'm gonna try those this year if i poke a hole in them then... yeah if you're like if you're hunting out of especially if you're hunting out of like a boat or a blind or something like that yeah it doesn't matter what color you got on you're in the blind yeah all right we got a minute 45 left final thoughts holes are out no last words i'm ready i know i am ready to get like waterfowl season going it's like early goose is cool but i'm ready for the main course i'm ready to get the actual season rolling get duck season rolling it's been a long off season Feels like we're just sitting here waiting and yeah. waiting because I mean, fishing's good right now, but the fishing's going to get better. But it's also going to turn to duck season. It's so it's funny how much awesome. money we spend for like forty-five days of the year. That's crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. that's you're all about it. That's all you want to do is just duck hunt. Like you're getting ready for the season, prepping for you know the rest of the year, and then it's like forty-five days gone. Can't wait till next year. I know. I just bought a new duck boat. Now I'm ready to sell again. <laughs> all right. That's it. That's all the time we got. Um, Remember, if the birds aren't flying, get up and take a piss. It'll change your hunt. They'll start flying then. It works. Yep. Drop us a roo. Give us a five-star rating on wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, check us out on Instagram, Facebook. <clears throat> I've been thinking about starting us a YouTube and filming these things. Um, so we might see what happens there. Um, uh, Josh and Brennan drop your socials real quick and then we'll, we'll get out of here. All right. My social, I'm just Josh Lopez fishing on Instagram. That's where all my stuff gets posted. Yep. Mine's Brendan Henderson too on Instagram kind of an abrupt ending there but we didn't want to start a fourth zoom session so with that we'll catch you next week